This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Cut off by Mata, throws it out front, Dumba scores! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala cuts to the middle. Wait, scores! Greenway in. Saved by Miska. Rebound. Erickson Eck. They score! Jordan Greenway beats Miska. And poked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill. Now, here are your hosts. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyak. And Justin Buck. Hello and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Brett Marshall joined as always by my pal Zeke Boyat. And Justin Baki on this beautiful July 15th. We are now just about, I think, it is it a week away? Six days away from the expansion Six. draft. We've got part two coming up tonight doing the Western Conference here in just a moment. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Talked to you just a couple days ago, but since then, uh, how you doing, Justin? Oh, doing pretty good. Just finished up my uh, long work week, so about to have a three-day weekend. And uh, uh, probably get into some shenanigans with the kids but uh doing well that's great to hear and zeke what about you my friend uh you know yeah nothing's not not much interesting last two days but just been good uh, weekend tomorrow so you know looking forward to the next week or two ahead here yeah it should be exciting uh as we mentioned expansion draft coming up entry draft coming up this will be the last of our draft preview shows uh which will be the last of our podcast coverage barring any sort of Major Minnesota Wild news, um, which would have to happen, I think, basically tomorrow um, mm-hmm. as roster freezes take place Saturday. I'm not sure what time, but uh, that should be a, it, it for us basically until all the drafts are done. So we'll be off for about a week and a half. And then we'll be back on to break everything down, but we've got one more show to kick at your way. Before we get to that, just uh, we, we threw this out on Twitter, but just wanted to bring it up on the pod as well. Uh, per the website Chartable, uh, we have moved into the 40th most popular hockey podcast uh, in the U.S. among uh, on uh, Apple. So just want to give a big shout-out to all of our listeners and supporters yep. of the show for vaulting us up 77 spots. I believe that's a weekly Ooh. ranking. Uh, the Bar Down yeah. Beauty shot up 66 spots into spot 34. So we're ahead of like some big, uh, some big podcasts. So it's pretty sweet that you guys are listening, enjoying, sharing. Um, downloading whatever you're doing. We really, really appreciate it. Just wanted to give a, a big thank you to everyone there before we get started. Guys, I don't think we have any like wild news to touch on for like the first time in forever because uh, we hammered all that out on Tuesday. Any, anything mm-hmm. else here before we just jump right into the West? Not for me. I mean, I just, I guess the only thing is, should we, uh, should we, do we want to bring up our changes if we made to any East teams or do we just want to save that for the end? Uh, we could probably do that first. Okay. So yeah. that's pretty much my only thing. Yeah, so we did go through. We did have to make a couple of changes to our Eastern Conference uh, teams, as we learned. You know, there were some signings today. Uh, Anthony Duclair, 
uh, re-signed with the Panthers, which I believe uh, Zeke and I had both taken Duclair, so we had to yeah. adjust there. Uh, Michael McLeod, the center for the Devils, was re-signed today, who we all three had on our roster, so we had to make some pivots there. Um, <laughs> Teddy Bluger and Pittsburgh re-signed today, which kind of shook up their expansion list, um, made me change my player. Zeke had Bluger, so he had to change there. Um, so we'll run down uh, those quick. I can start. I ended up actually having five changes uh, based on some of these moves. So uh, in Detroit, I switched out Troy Stetcher for Vladislav Nemesnikov. Uh, Florida, I swapped out uh, Duclair for Chris Dreger. Uh, New Jersey, I swiped out uh, Michael McLeod for Andreas Janssen. Pittsburgh, I ended up subbing out Jason Zucker for Jared McCann. And then in Toronto, I pivoted back to Travis Dermott off of Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, so uh, for me, the changes I made, like like Brett mentioned, I had Teddy Bluger originally from Pittsburgh. I went instead with uh, Jason Zucker. Uh, and then uh, for the other one in New Jersey with Michael McLeod being extended, I went, as I think both you guys did too, with Andreas Janssen. And then also uh, my only other uh, Eastern Conference one was in Florida. I had originally had, uh, well, like I said, Anthony Duclair, and then I picked up uh, Radko Gudasandi. Big physical presence on the blue line. And Justin, yeah. any any. Just a very slight change for you. Yeah, these these moves didn't really change mine much other than uh, switching out Andres Janssen for Michael McLeod yeah, out of New Jersey there. Yeah, and the, and I, oh, yeah, go ahead, Zeke. No, I was just saying uh, pretty much the only reason it, it was either him or Nudevara, but, you know, with the right shot, so, uh, you know, hard to find. I figured I had to take some when they were there. So. Yeah, I, I had Nudevara at first when I kind of re-went through everything, and then... I had Holpe as my backup goalie, and I was mm-hmm. just like, eh. Yeah. And so I and I, I felt okay on my right side defense, mm-hmm. um, so I took out Nudavar again and went back and grabbed uh, grabbed Dreger. So I, I like the result of my team. I think I came out with a pretty competitive one, which means inevitably it won't shake out close. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll update once we see the expansion draft results. We'll see how many of these players we actually got right. I think if any of us gets more than 10, I think that'll be a pretty yeah. good accomplishment. But the uh-huh. exercise is fun regardless, and judging by the downloads on this show, the listeners really seem to like it. Um, it was one of our most listened to shows, I believe, in the past, like, basically couple months. So pretty yeah. sweet oh. there. So we'll we'll go right into part two to, uh, to the Western Conference today. Same exact rules. Um, we'll read through the protection list. We'll, we'll run through our picks, debate a little bit. We should have some more disagreements today. I know I'm a lot different than you guys now with some of the picks <laughs> I made today. Yeah. So it won't be as many as, oh, we're all the same guy, not much to talk about here kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. there's some more interesting interesting uh, decisions in the West, which is weird because the East you know, is the stronger conference, at least on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like the West has kind of more of those interesting players um, to look at. So, yeah, uh, we can remind through the rules again real quick. Uh, each team has to expose a forward. I believe it's two forwards, one defenseman that are under contract for next season um, and have meta games played limit. I believe it's 27 last year, like 54 in the last two years. Uh, Got to expose a goalie. They have to take a player from every team. I believe they have to have at least is it like 14 forwards and nine defensemen and three goalies, I think, which leaves them like four extra spots. Something like that. You can go back to last show and listen yeah. if you want to know the parameters. Won't go too deep into that. So let's jump right in. We're just going to go alphabetically through the conference, just like we did last week. So we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. We'll run through their protection list first, and then Zeke, I believe you'll kick us off this week. I think we left off on Justin. So the Ducks, this was probably if there's one protection list out there that 
was kind of foggier than any others. It was the Ducks. Um, it seems like there's questions as whether they go four four and one or if they go seven three one. Um, that seems to kind of hinge on uh, Hayden Fleury and Josh Manson if they want to protect uh, mm. both or just one. For the purpose of this exercise, uh, the Athletic said they leaned probably that they go four four one. So we took we took that the eight skater route I should say, which ended up being uh, four forwards, four defensemen, and a goalie. So we'll read down that list, and that is Ricard Raquel, Max Jones, Isaac Lundestrom. Troy Terry for the forwards, and then on defense, Hayden Fleury, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, and a no-brainer in net with John Gibson. So, Zeke, we'll go to you first for your pick from the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, I took uh, center Sam Steele. Then I will go next. Uh, My original roster before my pivot today was Sam Steele, but I turned back on that and actually went and grabbed Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, for my pick off the Ducks. Uh, Justin, you've got a third different players. we got plenty of room for debate. Yeah, just, I don't know. We, have, we haven't done this too much. Three yeah. different picks. I went with uh, center Adam Henrique. Yeah, so I I can start us off here. I mean, the Ducks yeah. are a team. They've got a lot of interesting names. You know, you have, you know, Justin and I both went, you know, more, the more veteran route in, in Henrique and Shattenkirk. You know, this is a team that has to get to the cap floor. Um, but there's so many, you know, young players like the guy Zeke took, like Sam Steele. Um, there's a slew of other players that are available as well. I think what ultimately comes down to this could just be a, a team Seattle looks at, you know, kind of toward the end of the draft and just, okay, mm-hmm. what, what holes do we have to fill? Because I don't think there's any, like, top top of the lineup talent here, maybe like a third pair, fourth line type guys, but just plenty to pick from. I ended up going Shattenkirk just because, you know, he gives you a veteran presence on the right side of the blue line, which we've alluded to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's tricky to find. Um, I thought he's a guy that, you know, could be a leader in the locker room. I believe he's a UFA. I believe it's either in 22 or 23. So if he continues to play at least, you know, at a decent level, he's a guy you can maybe, you know, trade at the deadline as well. So I think he has value in that sense as well. And I felt like I had enough RFAs and young players. Um, <laughs> and Sam Steele was just kind of a an, an, an iffy player for me and where he projects because he, he's been good, he's been bad. So I ultimately settled on an asset I thought could be good in the short term and I may be able to trade as well. So that's how I settled on uh Shattenkirk. Zeke, you, what made you go with Steele? Well, I mean, you know, some of these, a few of my different picks, I've tried to take the strategy of, you know, when people have been talking about Vegas, they take maybe youngerish players who maybe, you know, have shown something, maybe haven't gotten really, you know, a huge opportunity in their current team. And like you said, I mean, Sam Steele, he was a former first round pick a few years ago. You know, he's been okay in the NHL. He hasn't, you know, gotten a great opportunity on a great team, uh, but he has, he's been decent and he's won a good amount of his face offs the last couple of years. So, I just took him as a younger center who I figured, you know, I mean, he's 23. There's still some upside there at center. And, if, you know, may, maybe there's some potential if you give him a chance to be a, a number two, a, maybe even just a number three, I think. I just thought with the, with the young age would be a, a decent bet at a cheaper cap hit as well. And, Justin, you went kind of a different direction. You went the veteran center in uh, Adam Henrique, whose name has been all over. You know, there was times where Anaheim was trying to trade him last year when they thought he'd go to waivers. His name's been floated out quite a bit as like a potential side deal option in Anaheim. I looked at him hard too because it's hard to find you know guys that have played top six minutes right. in the middle. What made you settle on Henrique? I mean, I was looking for center. I was looking for a cap hit. I mean, his cap hit's five point eight through twenty twenty four, and I know he hasn't been the same as he was before, but uh, you know he'll bring leadership capabilities to the team. I mean, he's scored twenty to twenty five goals before in his career. He may not do that again, but. Um, you know, he's a shooter and, and can find the soft areas of the ice. I just wanted to, uh, you know, fill my center role and, and find a couple um, 
good centers. I mean, he may not be good like he used to, but I needed that cap or the the cap mm-hmm. to to get to the floor. Yeah, he's one of those players where you wonder last year if his you know cap hit was a little less or the term was a little less that at the trade deadline he he wouldn't have been a hot commodity. But yeah, but again, as mm-hmm. we saw with suitors, you get old and you have term and term and money mm-hmm. it gets hard to gets hard to move. But we'll see. I I think those are all three very viable options. I the, the Ducks were one that were really a wild card for me. Yeah. Um, for who they could pick. Uh, here we go next now to the Arizona Coyotes. They go the 7-3-1 route. Uh, Phil Kessel, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Lawson Krause, Tyler Pitlick, Connor Garland. No real shocks for the forward protection list there. On defense, Oliver Ekman, Larson, Jacob Chikrin, and then uh, Kyle Copo-Bianco uh, to round it out. And then, of course, uh, Darcy Kemper in net. I believe Ronta's a, a UFA, so a pretty easy decision there. Uh, I will start here. There wasn't a whole lot uh, from the Coyotes skaters group. There's kind of some some guys that played third, fourth line roles. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Bunting, who kind of went on a bender for like 15 games last year. But for me, I didn't want to bet on that. And, you know, ultimately for me, I, I saw a goalie that could maybe be in my future uh, a 1B. So I went with uh, Aiden Hill here, goaltender. Uh, Justin? Uh, I went with a uh, 24-year-old winger, uh, Christian Fisher. And Zeke? I also went with uh, Aiden Hill in goal. All right, Justin, so you're the dissenting opinion here. We'll uh, we'll turn the mic over to you to uh, give your rationale for Christian Fisher, a player I believe at one point uh, Paul Fenton almost traded for when he was GM for the Wild. Yeah. Um, I brought him in. I mean, his, I can't, uh, his cap hits only a million dollars. I mean, he's a two-way forward that would be able to slot in bottom six. Uh, he's he's a player that can also play on the penalty kill and maybe add some offense too to that bottom six role. So that's that's why I selected him. Yeah, just to every like we said last week, every team needs their role players. Christian Fisher's just that. Had it down here last year, but just he he screams a guy to me. You know what, twenty four that might just need a, a change of scenery. I did consider yeah. him here as well. Zeke, do you yeah, want to I... add on to Aiden Hill at all? Well, no, I mean, I, you know, like, like Justin mentioned, Christian Fisher was the other guy I considered for, you know, pretty much the same reasons. But, you know, Aiden Hill, again, like you mentioned, Brett, uh, you know, kind of a younger goalie who's shown decently well on his kind of, you know, shorter stints so far in the NHL, you know, big size, which is obviously in the modern day kind of what teams look for. So, yeah, no, I just figured at that point, you know, he, he's going to be my number three goalie right now. But I figure, you know, he's, like you said, he's a younger guy, you know, maybe potential with how goalies develop a guy that you could use here in the future. So. Yeah, that's pretty much the exact reason I took him. The other guy I looked at here was uh, Ilya Labushkin, who I believe oh, played yeah, on their th- who played on their third pair last year. They're mm-hmm. currently their only eligible exposed defenseman, um, but he just didn't really move a needle for me over some of the other options I had. I believe he's a left defenseman, so mm-hmm. uh, came back to Hill. So don't need to spend too much more time on the Coyotes. So we'll move on here next to the Calgary Flames. Um, and therefore, it's pretty straightforward here with Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, uh, Mikhail Backlund, Elias Lindholm, Andrew Mangiapane, Dylan Dubay. On defense, there has been some debate here as to whether or not they will protect Mark Giordano for this exercise. We did not do so. We went with Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, and Chris Tanev, and then Jacob Markstrom, who has a no-move clause, is the protected goaltender. I believe this one might have been unanimous. No, it's not. All right. Uh, I believe, Justin, we're back to you with uh, who you selected. All right. I, I selected the player we mentioned just a moment ago, uh, defenseman Mark Giordano. Zeke? 
And I went with uh, defenseman Oliver Shillington. All right. And then I went also with uh, Mark Giordano. So we'll go again. Dissenting opinion first here. Zeke, who went with the youth on defense, mm-hmm. and Oliver uh, Killington, Shillington. I have no idea how you say it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it was this point, obviously, Giordano was originally my pick, too. Uh, you know, I kind of had some other guys on my team that were higher capits that I kind of preferred more. So I just thought Shillington, a cheap contract, still younger, you know, still can – you know, potentially play in the NHL and be something decent, but is also a guy that I could, you know, either sit as a healthy scratcher and extra and also, you know, move to the AHL and eventually, you know, just kind of cut and not qualify after a year if I needed to. So I just thought, you know, it was kind of mostly for me just uh, came down to cap it and finding a guy who's, you know, cheap and potentially useful. Sure. I can speak a little bit to Giordano here. So what I've seen as of today is that Calgary doesn't want to lose him, but I, but I mm-hmm. don't think... You know, we look, I believe he's got two years left on his contract. I believe he's 37 years old. Um, he is the captain of that team. Um, I did pencil him in as kind of my de facto captain for my Seattle Kraken club. It seems mm. like Calgary may be, you know, depending on what that price ends up being, they could be a, a candidate for a side deal. Um, but I just thought, you know, he's a guy that's played top line minutes. He's played in the top four. Um, a Norris winner, I believe it was two seasons ago only. Um mm-hmm. So I think he and I think he's you know kind of like Ryan Suter, where a guy that just doesn't seem to age and continues to yeah. kind of produce in that top four role. Um, and I did I wanted that stability, that veteran presence, that leader. Um, and there wasn't a lot of other options outside of Killington um, on Calgary that really wowed me. So I I, did, I just I wanted that leader, that veteran presence, and the potential again. I uh, like Shattenkirk, um, someone in the future that I could be able to flip, you know, in, in a deadline deal as well. Yeah. Justin, yeah, anything I mean, to add? No, not not. Not really, but that's basically what the reason why I picked it. I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, he'd bring a solid presence to the blue line, like you mentioned, and bring leadership. He is 37, but, uh, you know, he's still a good player, and, and he'd be able to provide some offense too. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot to add to that. Yeah. So that's it for the Flames. Uh, we'll move on next to the Central Division rival Chicago Blackhawks who just swung a pretty big trade uh, for Duncan Keith, bringing in Caleb Jones. So we did a little tweaking here. Uh, the forwards are Jonathan Tace, Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinkat, Dylan Strom, Brandon Hagel, Henrik Borgstrom, and David Kampf. On defense, there did seem to be some debate, um, despite the addition of Caleb Jones, as to whether it would be um, him or um, Nikita Zadorov, or not not Zadorov. Um, uh, Connor Murphy, right? Yeah, Con- Connor Murphy. Um, we ultimately went with Jones as they are rumored to be in on Seth Jones. I don't know why you would trade for Caleb trying to get Seth and then expose Caleb. So we went with Caleb Jones, <laughs> Connor Murphy, and then Riley Stillman, um, leaving Zadaroff, uh exposed uh, for the Blackhawks. So uh, Zeke, I believe, were to you here yeah. first. Yeah, I went uh, with defenseman and Calvin DeHaan. And then I did go uh, Nikita Zadaroff here. And I went with goalie uh, Malcolm Subban. All right, we got three different picks here again. Off to a good start. Uh, Zeke, we'll go to you first since you kicked this off with uh, your Calvin mm-hmm. DeHaan pick. Well, I mean, uh, you know, at this point, I guess I was just looking on D for a you know solid defensive presence. You know, he's thirty. You know, has a year left uh, at four point five in his contract, so that's not too bad. Uh, and, and it's kind of like I said, more of a defensive guy. You can kill penalties. Kind of veteran presence too there, and also is you know potentially another player who, if the, you know if the team doesn't work out or isn't great that first year, could also be you know flipped at the trade deadline like a lot of guys. So, you know, that's kind of the reasons why I went that way instead of like a younger option. 
Yeah, this is another one of those teams where I, the, the player I, I picked, I didn't feel was going to factor into my mm-hmm. into my eighteen skater. Something with Zadaroff, a guy that's kind of bounced around went between Colorado over to mm-hmm. Chicago when they're Brandon Sod trade. He didn't crack my top six. I believe I have him as a health, you know, kind of my seventh defenseman, that healthy scratch. You know, a guy you could potentially, you know, draft and flip right away, you know, for yeah. a team looking to add a, a sixth defenseman. So nothing too fancy for me there. Just kind of ha- you have to pick someone from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you went Subban here, uh, the goaltender. Yeah, I think this was one of my last players I picked. I, I thought about Dehan, but I needed a third goalie. Uh, I mean, Drieger and and Vanacek are my two starters. I, I feel like... You know, of course, the cap hit's pretty low on Malcolm Subban, $850,000. But if if one of those goalies were to go down, I felt like he filled in pretty nicely when he was in Vegas when the goalies went down. So that kind of factored into it, but uh, not much more than I needed a third goalie, and this was one of my last picks. So uh, Another that, guy that's double expansion, because I believe he was I yeah. believe he was selected. I think, was he Boston's selection? Yeah, he was a, think so. like 2012. He was yeah. like four picks after Vasilevsky. So. Yeah. And uh, another connection there with the Wild, uh, Zadorov, he was picked with the selection that they got from Jason Pominville that year, back yeah. in 2013. Yeah, see, so. it worked out well for us. It's a random yeah. thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to another Central Division foe here, a decision that originally all, um, the three of us agonized over, but um, as of about half hour ago became very clear, and thankfully <laughs> uh, we all went with, with with the better or with the player that is that didn't get traded. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll go to the protection list here for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, as of now, we have it as Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rontanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Andre Burakovsky, Nazem Kadri, Tyson Jost, Valerie Nachushkin, Kale McCart, Devon Tays, Sam Girard, and then assuming he's re-signed, uh, Philip Grubauer. Um, the one thing I will say is that Gabriel Landeskog being on this list is probably a little bit up in the air as of yet. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like the Colorado Avalanche have given some pretty low-ball offers um, from what I read today on a tweet, um, his most recent offer was something just slightly more than what uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins got. Um, <laughs> so it was like an eight-year, like little over $5.1 million, which he declined as he income. should. Um, I, I mentioned I think he's more than a $7 million player, but yeah. you have to wonder mm-hmm. if at some point he just says, hey, we're, we're trying to win a championship here. Maybe he takes a, a short-term deal um, to help the Avalanche out. Who knows? Or he goes to free agency, which could mess up this whole pick for us, but <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, and the yeah. other player that we originally all were considering here was uh, Ryan Graves, who, like as I mentioned about a half hour ago, uh, was just traded to the New Jersey Devils for um, a second-round pick and a guy I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whose name is escaping me here? I'm going to I'll find it. Uh, I think it was Maltsev, right? Yeah, yeah. Mikhail Maltsev. Yeah. Um, who, uh, per Jay Fresh here, um, his prospect cards, a 0% chance of becoming a star and a 24% chance of becoming uh, an NHLer. So doesn't seem to be too so big much. of a thing there, but, you know. So basically, jo- they wanted that second-round pick. Yeah, so you get a second-round <laughs> pick for a guy that you may have otherwise lost for nothing. So Anyway, uh, let's go to our pick here. I believe this one was a consensus pick, but we can go uh, run it through here. Uh, let's see. Is it is it me here, I think? Yeah, I think it's so, yeah. But yeah, yeah. we all went with uh, Junis Donskoy here. So I'll let one of you guys, uh, <laughs> Justin, let's hear from you on uh, ultimately you went Junis Donskoy, which maybe it's not all much right. of an argument now with, with Grace gone. But Yeah, <laughs> sure is. Yeah, originally I was, like you mentioned, I was wrestling between those two. But uh, Donskoy is a player that could play on Seattle's power play. Uh, according to Dom, no player had more um, 
more entries per 60 than Donskoy, which is something that would be good for Seattle's offense. Um, a reliable depth forward, someone who is uh, poised with the puck and, and patient making plays. Uh, that That's a big, big reason why I went into choosing him. I liked him on San Jose. He's been good on Colorado. So that's my reasoning. Yeah, for me, I mean, too, it was just I saw, you know, a potential guy who's kind of like a top six forward second line guy who was, you know, on a contract for 3.9 million for two more years. And like, just like you mentioned, he's been even better in, in Colorado, but it's kind of one of their key depth guys that they signed a couple years ago. So I, like, like you said, I think he was just out of all the, there's a few guys like him to me that I saw when I was picking that were, you know, like kind of these scoring forwards that you kind of figured you had to take just because you weren't really going to get that kind of option anywhere else. So I just thought he was looking for, you know, scoring depth in the top two lines was a good idea. Yeah, Justin, as you mentioned, he's more of a depth forward. I think on my team, I actually did slot him in as my, my number one right wing. Uh, again, hard to find <laughs> that too. right shot, that right shot forward, right. Zeke. Yeah, you said you have him there as well. Justin, I think he's your second line right wing. Um, uh, well, he is uh, third line right oh, wing, third actually. Line, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have him kind of on that right wing in the in the top nine. Um, just mm-hmm. and Maybe it's just a bias for me, but I just feel like every time I watch Donskoy play against the Wild, it just seems like he scores <laughs> on us. Like he's just yeah. one of those guys, like the you know, like Jerome McGinley, who just always seems to find success against the Wild. But oh, yeah. yeah, he's just a, he's just a good, solid player. Like nothing fancy. Like as you mentioned, Justin, some of the stats from Don, good good at carrying the puck. He's got a good shot, but in the power play, he can play up and down the lineup. Um, and then you know, I, I also you know looked at Graves here, but um, ultimately decided I like the left yeah. side, need the right shot. Didn't matter anyway. The other player maybe of slight interest here. Um, to the Kraken could be uh, center JT Comfer, but I think they're going to be there's going to be a slew of kind of those bottom six centers. So I think if I w- would not be shocked if this pick ends up being Donskoy, barring maybe Sackix, you know, making another yeah um, trade of some kind here. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anything else to add on Donskoy? Nope. All right. So nope. that was our first and only one of two consensus. Wow, picks that much we better had than in the last West, time. So, and the next, the other one's uh, pretty obvious. Um, which okay. one that is. So, a couple where we each picked two, but uh, next we'll go to yet another Central Division foe, uh, the Dallas Stars, who also um, created a much easier situation based on um, some news out of there today. Uh, running down their protection list: seven three one, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, Alex Radulov, Rupe Hints, Dennis Gurianov, Joe Pavelski, and Radic Foxa. On defense, John Klingberg, Miro Heiskanen, Essa Lindell, and then Ben Bishop uh, reportedly waived his no-move clause uh, due to some pretty significant injury concerns, so they were able to protect Anton Hudobin, the goaltender, um, who was widely thought to be Seattle-bound uh, prior to that. Um, but he is now protected, and so we will go, I believe we are back to Justin here with uh, your Dallas Stars pick. I chose Jason Dickinson. Zeke? Uh, I went with uh, defenseman Andre Sakara. And I also uh, matched Justin here and went with Jason Dickinson. So Zeke, dissenting opinion, gets to go first. Uh, let's hear your let's hear your rationale for Andre Sakara. Well, for me, I mean, I know there was a tweet uh, reported earlier that, that a lot of people think Dickinson is going to be the guy that uh, Seattle does pick, and he was definitely in consideration. But as you mentioned, with the guy like Comfort too, I just thought I had other options for that kind of bottom six C that I liked better. And, you know, to me, Scarra was kind of like Shillington, and he's another depth guy, right shot defenseman, 
it's kind of older side, but you know, not not much longer in the contract, and uh, is is you know a d- decent depth defenseman with pretty good experience in NHL so far. But you know, really the the big part there was the the right shot. So that's kind of why I went with him. Hard to find those right shot defensemen. Justin, you and I both went Jason Dickinson. I'll uh, I'll turn over to you here first. All right, I was. Uh, he's actually on my third line center, so. Um, He's a player that can form on the PK as well. Uh, I've picked up a few of these guys, but uh, he's been a player that's been improving uh, constantly defensively, it sounds like. Um, kind of a stout two-way player. Uh, he can provide some offense. Uh, not afraid to play the physical game, and, and like I mentioned, uh, can play a, a full 200-foot game. Yeah, I liked him for a lot of the same reasons. Just kind of that role-playing third-line center. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I pivoted off, uh, you know, Alex Kerfoot, um, and I believe I also had Colin Blackwell there, who actually have now slid down to my fourth line with the addition of Dickinson. Just he's not going to give you a lot of offense, but you know, so, I mean, even that shutdown center, that penalty-killing type of guy, you know, the the old Jewel Erickson Eck, if you will, um, before yeah. the <laughs> offensive explosion. So yeah, I just think he's a, he's a perfect guy to slot in as my third-line center. Um, that you know, as as Justin mentioned, only getting better, and you know could 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 potentially uh, be better here. And seems like a pretty slam dunk pick, but they could surprise. And I don't think they'd go Bishop given the injury concerns, but maybe they want the veteran right D and someone like Sakara as well. So, mm-hmm. all right, chugging right along. Next up here is the Edmonton Oilers, who just traded for Duncan Keith. Uh, they up front are going to go seven three one. So McDavid, Drysaitel, Nugent Hopkins, Jesse Puliarvi, Kyler Yamamoto. And then these last two seem to be kind of up in the air. It seems like it'll be some trio between Tyler Benson, Josh Archibald, and Zach Cassian. We went with Benson and Archibald. And then on defense, Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, and then Duncan Keith, who uh, is no move clause, stuck with him through the trade. I will have to be protected here. And then um, we have Stuart Skinner as the protected goalie for now. Um, should Mike Smith be signed before Saturday, he would probably be the one uh, to slot in here. But he is currently UFA, so it doesn't have to be protected. Mm-hmm. So I believe we are at Zeke here for yeah. your pick from the Oilers. Yeah, I went with uh, defenseman William Lagason. <laughs> I originally had Caleb Jones here, um, and then they traded him, and I didn't like <laughs> pretty much anything they had. And no. I just no. I ended up settling on uh, Dominic Cahoon. Uh, I did the exact same thing as Brett. Had Caleb Caleb Jones Jones originally <laughs> switched over to Dominic Cahoon after he got traded. Yeah, that was kind of the first wrench that uh, was yeah. thrown kind of at Justin and I because that was kind of the first move. Yeah. We're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, but, like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Zeke, you go, you go Lagason, so uh, you're the dissenting again. Uh, popular for you today, uh, <laughs> rationale. Well, I mean, this was kind of, like I mentioned earlier, with Shillington, another guy who's, you know, 25, maybe has something if I, if there's injuries, whatever. But mainly it was a pick on a cheap contract when I wanted to, you know, invest more of my money elsewhere. And a guy who's, you know, for me, would probably be in the in the minors. So not, not really, like you said, not much with Edmonton that was really appealing. So I just picked a guy pretty much that I can – you know, keep for your AHL as a scratch and then get rid of so. Yeah, and then I could speak a little bit to Cahoon. Um, I mean, he's a guy I liked last year. It seemed like he'd be maybe a good fit in kind of their middle six this year and was just kind of a very meh forward. Yeah. I mean, he probably yeah. is a guy that could play on your third line. He just doesn't really do anything special for you. I think I have him as a kind of my 13th forward. As of now, I will say the one thing to maybe watch um, is Adam Larson. 
um, who's a UFA. It sounds like Edmonton's trying to dr- trying to bring him back, but I've also heard there'll be pretty major players going after guys like Zach Hyman, um, and I think there's a couple other forwards they're potentially eyeing, so they might not be able to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that could be a guy Seattle with with few options here that they may be do that where they have that 48-hour negotiating window and could potentially swipe Adam Larson here, which I think all of us would maybe probably consider that pick over over Ligason or Cahoon. But for mm-hmm. me, for now, because we didn't want to assume anything, we weren't going to assume signing free agents, which is taking what was available. I just went with Cahoon because he's versatile. If I need, you know, if there is an injury, I know he can play at the NHL level and just knowing to not set a, a, a very high bar for him. Yeah, that's about the same reason I picked him. Versatile, can play up and down the lineup. I think he played with. Uh, didn't he play with uh, McDavid this year? I think he a started with Drysaddle because they're both Germans. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. And I don't think that worked. But yeah, I mean, yeah, no. Um, kind of a, a speedy player with high IQ. He did spend some time in Chicago. I, I don't. I remember him being there. I don't remember much about it. But uh, basically, the same reason he's versatile. Mm-hmm. I have him on my my fourth line wing. So. He was pretty, you know. I seem to remember him a couple of years last, a couple of years before this being pretty decent. So yeah, mm-hmm. two years ago was really good, and then last year was really disappointing. Yeah, so maybe he has uh, gets picked by Seattle on the new change scenery and does well. Exactly. Maybe he's their William Carlson. That's what I was come back to. Who's 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 the William Carlson? That guy that really low expectations, and all of a sudden is ah bonafide top six winner. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Edmonton, I think, will be interesting to watch because I think you know there is potential for a Mike Smith. There's um, I've also heard they could be a team that tries to force a side deal and gets, you know tries to get Seattle to take um, mm. uh, the the backup goalie, uh, Miko Koskinen. Uh, Alex Oof. Stalock is there for the take in too, potentially. So, thirty three mm. year old has been a backup goalie before. Um, was a guy I also kind of briefly thought of. I just don't know if Seattle wants Stalock. So, mm. but if you need a cheap backup, there he is. So. Yeah. All right, let's move next to the Los Angeles Kings. Um, starting with their protection list here. And here's what we got. We got Andre Kopitar, Victor Arvidsson, newly acquired there. Uh, Dustin Brown, uh, Alex Iafalo, uh Go Dogs. Uh, yes. Adrian, <laughs> Adrian Kempe, uh, Carl Grundstrom, and Trevor Moore. And then in the blue line, Drew Doughty, you suck, boo. Uh, Sean Walker. <laughs> Matt Roy and Cal Peterson. And I will say this is another area where I found a little bit of discrepancy on kind of who their seventh forward would be. Uh, mm-hmm. Grundstrom seemed, seemed to be the one I stumbled across the most, um, but it seemed like there was some possibility for, I believe, uh, Anthony CU and I think Lazat, and there was one other one that sounds like it could be any of those four, but Grundstrom seemed yeah. to be the one that most people thought. So, Because um, I guess he can kind of play wing or center, and they like that versatility there. So we went with him for that. Uh, I think it's back to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with a young uh, defenseman who did play a couple games this year. Uh, Kale Clegg with my pick. Uh, Justin. All right, I went with uh, center Blake Lazat. One of us. One of us. The pride of Saint Cloud State and Chisago Lakes. Oh, I think yeah. I actually played him in high school. I just don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also, I also went with Lazat as well. Yeah, opinion. and Lazat was a guy I really looked at here. I have the dissenting opinion, so I'll start. I did go uh, Kale Clegg here. He's a guy that a lot of um, you know prospect analysts have high hopes for. A guy they think could become a a really good kind of middle pair or, or bottom pair to bottom pair defenseman. 
Um, mm-hmm. All the players I pick can't play on my team right away, so I figured you know if there was a chance to take um, you know some younger defense and much like uh, Justin and I took Will Borgen from uh, the Sabers, kind of the same thing here. You know if if I do trade a, a Giordano or someone, he's a guy that I think I can slide into my lineup in maybe a year or two, give him a little more time to develop. Um, did, like I said, did play in the NHL this year too, so you know injuries he can he can come up and play as well. So I just liked you know again uh, Zeke, you touched on with some of your guys who's kind of with with Killington, you know betting on the upside mm-hmm. of a, of a young defender. Um, but yeah. Lazat I think would have been my my second choice here. Also briefly looked at Anthony Siu because I like the speed of the ability to play in the middle six, but his underlying numbers just suck, and he's been a journeyman and you know there's a lot of teams he hasn't worked on, so I just I didn't want to risk that there, so I ended up settling on Clegg. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was Zot. He's kind of one of my healthy scratches, but, you know, like we've talked about before, he's kind of a bottom six role player, you know, doesn't score a ton, but can maybe be like a good fourth line center, fourth line winger who's pretty decent on face off. So I thought, you know, again, I wasn't a huge fan of their options, but I just thought, you know, a decent depth center who's good on face offs is, you know, not a bad thing to have uh, waiting down in your system, too. Yeah, I, I have him slotted into my fourth line center. Um, mm-hmm. A guy I saw at the Beauty League last night. If anyone got uh, to go, that was a pretty good time. Uh, but anyways, he's kind of a player that plays with some high energy and, and comes fairly cheap and, you know, mm-hmm. can play on the PK. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he, he's slotted into my fourth line center, and I, I just like Lazat ever yeah. since he played at SDSU. I've just been a fan of his. Yeah, he can fly, too. He's He's got some mm-hmm. wheels. Yeah. All right, up next is our hometown, Minnesota Wild. Uh, it was funny. So we were debating for a while on what to do with Parisi and Suter. Like, well, we think they'd wave, but we haven't been reported to wave. And then, of course, Tuesday happened, and like, oh, well, that makes things much easier for us. So yeah. um, I'm sure, as all you now know, you don't need to run down the protection list. We'll do it anyway. 7-3-1, uh, Kevin Fiala, Julia Eriksenek, Marcus Foligno, Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello, my boy Nico Sturm, and Jordan Greenway. The blue line, what's left of the top five or top four, which is Spurgeon, Brodine, Dumba, and then as we mentioned uh, a couple shows ago, uh, Cam Talbot uh, over Capo Kakinen now there. So, not not much liberation to be had here. We've been assuming this for a while, but um, Justin, we're back to you with uh, ooh, the mystery pick for the Minnesota Wild is going to be. Uh, I went with defenseman, uh, former Bulldog, go Bulldogs, uh, Carson Susie, oh, wow. sad sad emoji face. Yeah. Zeke. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went with uh, Susie as well. Yeah, and this was the aforementioned uh, where we all were consensus again in Carson Susie. So barring any side deal, um, I think it's pretty much a lock that it's Susie. I think there's still a slim chance if for some reason, you know, things change. Um, it, like we said, some sort of package with Rask, a pick, and maybe like a Brennan mm-hmm. Manel. But um, listening to Russo's uh, podcast with Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin basically said, like, as of now, there's no deal on my table, and we've just accepted that we're going to lose a good player. And I would assume that player is is Carson oh, Susie. It would be so nice if it was they just took Rask, though. Just in any way, it's just please do it. It would, but still encouraging you, Ron Francis. You're st- you're out there. I mean, if he if he wants to bail us out from last expansion, it would it would make a lot of that pain go away. If we could well, keep Susie and lose Rask, hey. but. He's a damn good player, guys. So yes, he is. Forget it. He's a top six center. Let's not forget it. Top line. <laughs> yeah, top line. Played with the rookie of the year last year. <laughs> Think about it. You could have a top six center on your bottom six. Yeah. Wow. That'd be elite. So yeah. Steal. But Carson Susie, I've been, 
I've been saying for months it'd be Susie. I didn't think this is how we would get here, uh, but yeah. I'm just ready to bite the bullet, which probably means Ian Cole is back. And then uh, I've already tweeted out a couple free agents that I like, but we will have that show. Um, the day free agency opens, I believe, we're planning to record our free agency episodes. We'll talk about some potential fits because if Susie's gone, the Wild will have essentially three holes to fill. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you include Addison and Manella in there, you don't know where they slot in immediately, so we'll have to fill some holes there. So we'll we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, but we'll move on from the Wild because I think we've we've drove that home enough, and there's plenty you can yeah, read yeah. about the Wild's expansion. And we'll go next to uh, yet another Central Division foe. The Nashville Predators. Uh, Zeke, we go to you here first. Yeah, I went with uh, Matthew oh, Shane. I should probably read their protection list. Oh, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> Nashville has the most interesting protection list um, of any mm-hmm. team. So they go the eight skater route, only protecting three forwards, um, five defensemen, and a goalie. Um, of course, the Pecorine retiring. Pretty easy. Uh, they protect Saros. But on yeah. forward, from what I could find, Colton Sissons, Philip Forsberg, Luke Cunning. Um, and then on defense, they protect their big four of uh, Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, and Fabro. And then uh, Alex Carrier, who I guess took a pretty big step, like kind of into their number four spot over Fabro last year um, as mm-hmm. a 24-year-old. Um, so they protect 5D, three forwards. I'm still not even sure that's three forwards. I think Sissons and Forsberg are a lock. I'm not certain that Cunning is yet, but given that they traded, you know, invested some pretty high capital training Benino and a second-round pick for him last year, assume they plan to protect him and he's still pretty young um but yeah there is just i mean if this is the team where you can pretty much grab to roll the dice on a variety of ford zeke i kind of cut you off but i'll let you uh (laughs) mention who it was again there no well i mean like i said i uh i took matt to shane yeah i went uh with kelly Yarncroke here and justin i went with uh ryan johansson yeah so again we got three different picks here so we'll go to the original zeke we'll go to you first here for uh matt duchene Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, first, I think, you know, there was, I think it was LeBron yesterday who said that he, there's a growing sense that he's going to be left unprotected, like you mentioned. But I don't know. Like you said, there was, you know, Yarn Croak was obviously in consideration to, you know, kind of a middle six winger. But, you know, I was kind of deciding between Duchesne and Johansson because obviously, you know, Matt Duchesne more so than Johansson has been kind of almost a number one, like top line guy in the past. Uh, you know, both of those guys, the best they kind of gotten older, have not really performed as well. As, as well as Nashville has overall. So, you know, I am obviously taking a bit of a risk with five years left on a 30-year-old at $8 million, But, I don't know, I just figured that I, I don't think Matthew Shane is as bad as he has been the last couple of years, and especially this year. And I figure even if he's decent for and could be like a, a middle, you know, a top six center for the next, you know, three years, whatever, until he's like 33, 34, I thought, you know, there's not really other too many guys who I think have the potential that I could pick that, you know, could be that top six guy. So I just figured even with the rich contract, uh, which I, you know, you do need some to, to take up the cap, but I thought he was the guy I was, you know, more inclined to take a chance on. Yeah. Justin, you went with their other uh, longtime center who originally came over in that, that uh, Seth Jones trade, uh, Ryan mm-hmm. Johansson. Uh, what, what made you go with Johansson here? Uh, I was kind of wrestling with this because, you know, like you mentioned, there's a couple couple options you can choose from but uh i think the big reason i went with johansson over duchene is well first off i'm gonna say i wanted a center centers are hard to find uh, obviously mm-hmm. i don't you know just yeah. from being a wild fan we know that <laughs> um 
but uh, it might be a bit of a risk. But he is two years younger than Duchesne, and his contract ends a year sooner. So I, that's that's part of the reason I chose him over Duchesne in case neither of them did, did work out. He is slotting as my first line center at the moment. Uh, has regressed a little bit, but um, has gone between 53 to 55 percent on faceoffs in his career. Pretty good uh, shootout on shootouts, and uh, you know he has the ability to put up points. Yeah, he hasn't, he didn't last year, but we've seen in the past he's been able to put up points, uh, lots of big assists, and um, yeah, that's why I went with Johansson. Yeah, and I totally see the rationale between those two picks. I did look at these guys. Um, I think Nashville probably remains, you know, right in that mix with like Tampa, mm-hmm. Anaheim. Um, it's about to be talked about. That'll just be really interesting come come the expansion draft because it seems like, from my understanding, is like the the, the contracts of Duchesne and Johansson are pretty scary, um, league wide, mm-hmm. Seattle included. Um, but that you know Nashville might throw something Seattle's way to take one of those two contracts. Um, I think, you know, Johansson's cheaper, but you maybe get a little less skill, where Duchesne's more, a little bit longer term, but maybe more skill. Um, so maybe they say, hey, take your pick of these guys, and then we'll throw in whatever you want to to take that cap off our hands so we can go after, you know, and, mm-hmm. and upgrade our forward group. So that's kind of why I, I pivoted off of those, just hearing those rumors that, you know, Seattle might be a little a little afraid of them. So I went with Kelly Yarncroke, who's just, um, you know, just kind of been a perennial great middle six guy. Um Looking now where I slotted him. I think I might have bumped him up to my second line. Uh, yeah, so I have him as my second line wing um, alongside Jared McCann and Warren Fogel. Um, so he's a guy that just he drives play pretty well, got good speed, can play in the power play, play in the penalty kill, just a versatile winger. I like a guy that you can move around up and down the lineup, mm-hmm. um, and I just felt like the more comfortable uh, taking him than one of those kind of expensive contracts. So Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I think it'll be really interesting to see if one what their protection list ends up being if they do go with five defensemen and three forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, if they leave, you know, a if it might be a, a you know a, a um, blanking on his name, if it ends up being a, a Carrier or a Fabro left unprotected, right. if they make that side deal, so lots lots of things could happen. Nashville, I'm I'm very interested to see uh, what that is. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed. All right, next we move to one of the Minnesota Wild's favorite trading partners, the San Jose Sharks, um, who have a good amount of forwards here that they want to protect, so they go 7-3-1. and one. Uh, Forward group is Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Timo Meyer, future Minnesota Wild, hopefully Thomas Hurdle, uh, Kevin LeBanc, Rudolph Balsers, and then Jonathan Dahlin. On defense, uh, Eric Carlson, Marc-Andre Vlasic, both with full no-move clauses, so they got to be protected, weren't asked to waive. And then former Minnesota Wild, Brent Burns. And then in goal, Yosef uh, Kojanash, I believe is how you actually pronounce that, um, over Martin Jones, who I'm sure San Jose would love um, if Seattle took him, but doubt that happens. Love. So uh, let's see whose turn is up. I think it's yours since I was uh, is it mine? I think I was last. Yeah. All right. So yeah, there, San Jose is another team where there wasn't kind of, you know, someone that jumped off the board to me as a, as a fit. But, you know, we, we've talked about guys who continue to look for, the, you know, that, that career resurrection, and, and may, maybe this is where it finally works for Ryan Donato. So I went with him here. Justin? Uh, I also went with uh, Ryan Donato. Zeke? And, and I went with uh, Dylan Gambrell. 
Yeah, Dylan Gambrell, who did get a one-year, one-million-dollar extension today, but I don't think I didn't think that was relevant enough to protect him. I, I think they really like this. No, because I think for what I read, the final spot was kind of between him and this Jonathan Dolan, but it sounds like they're a little higher on Dolan. So I, I stuck yeah. there. So we'll go to you first. You went with Gambrell uh, rationale. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like you said, uh, I don't know. It was I. You know, we've read that Donato is likely not to be qualified by San Jose, even if he's not taken, and they still have him. So I don't know. He was obviously the other consideration, but you know, like you said, Gambrell. I think, like you mentioned, I think they signed him to use him as one of their exposed players. But I don't know. He's he's been okay in the NHL there for a few years. He was a few couple of years, two three years ago, was a good prospect out of college at at you know University of Denver. So you know maybe there's some upside there, or maybe not. But you know he's just another like kind of fourth line bottom six guy who I right now have in my extras, who's you know an, ex- an experienced NHLer who you could throw in if you need to in a pinch. Or flip to a desperate team, too. Yeah, yeah, for something. Someone yep. cap-crunched. For sure. Yeah, and then, Justin, I can speak to Donato here a little bit for us. Yeah. For me, it was just, you know, we, we've seen the flashes, um, mm-hmm. and when there's so other few options there. The other one I looked at here was um, Redeem Simic, who was, I believe, uh-huh. kind of, you know, there. I believe he was Burns's D partner for portions of this year, but it's not like he kind of got leapfrogged on the depth chart by some guys and really up and down really streaky so i think mm. you just you take the risk on a young player in donato if he's an rfa you get the chance to control his contract he hasn't really proven he deserves a lot so you can sign him cheap a guy that may, may you know maybe he finds great chemistry maybe he finally breaks out uh if not you didn't really pass on anything substantial so again here just a just a sheer upside pick with not much downside and he's a guy too that you know if there's a team that's looking to take take a risk on a on a bottom six guy or you know cap crunch looking for you know maybe a, a second power play guy. He's a guy I think they could potentially draft and 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 trade for maybe you know a, a fourth round pick or something. But I will tell you that wild trade uh, for I believe they got a third round pick for Donato is looking real good. Pretty good. Yeah. A number of fans were mad when they made that trade. I'm like, oh. yeah, people were so pissed. Yeah. And then I I remember reading like end of the year there was I was. Well, I think Zeke, when that news came out, they weren't going to qualify him. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was reading through like the beat writers mentions of these San Jose fans. Like, man, I really thought Donato be more, but he's like, just not strong on his feet. And just doesn't have the size. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where have I read these same comments before? Oh, in Boston oh, yeah. and in Minnesota. <laughs> it yeah. seems to be, maybe this is just who he is. Nope. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin, anything to add on Donato? Not to shit on him. Cause I, I've heard he's yeah. a standout yeah. human being. So. No, I mean, I was excited when we picked him up originally based off of the potential, too, but not much to add. I mean, we know he loves to shoot the puck, has power play, you know, credibility or, you know, um, possibility. But, uh, yeah, that, that's not much to add. We we kind of know what Donato is. Yeah. Oh, and mm-hmm. I lied. We do have one more uh, consensus pick. And it is our next oh. team here. Oh, yeah. Yep. It is another okay. – um, this seems to be like a everybody in the world consensus pick for the most part yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and it's another division rival, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the protection list, this is another one I've seen a little bit of variation in. Um, it does depend what happens with Vladimir Tarasenko. For this exercise, that has soon been traded. Um, if he's not, um, one of probably Barbashev or Sunquist isn't protected. Um, but for this exercise, we assumed he's traded, could still be before. Mm-hmm. Saturday, but we have, um, as of now, Ryan O'Reilly, Ivan Barbashev, Braden Shen, Oscar Sundquist, David Perron, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, on the blue line, Justin Falk, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko, and then in gold, Jordan Bennington. Again, um, if Tarasenko isn't traded before Saturday, I would assume one of 
Pavi Sunquist or Barbashev isn't protected, but I don't think it matters because we're all staring at the blue line here. Uh, I believe it is Justin. Do you want to reveal our consensus pick here? Yeah, our consensus <laughs> pick is uh, defenseman Vince Dunn. Yeah, so analytical mm-hmm. darling a few seasons ago. Struggled this year, but I think it's just a guy that's got too much potential um, for Seattle to, pack, to pass up. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like you said, he was he's produced decently in the NHL before. He's just, he's not a right shot, but he can play both sides, so that helps too. And and like you mentioned, if there's a guy there with the potential to be a top four defenseman, that's a pretty good pick, I think. Yep, I don't got much to add, but I, I thought I read too that even if he's not taken, they're looking to maybe move him. Anyways, so mm-hmm. you know, I think he'll be taken, but uh, that's just another thing I've read. Not much to add. You guys have really hit on him. I mean, he's a good puck mover too. So, yeah, I would say the other guy I briefly considered here, who if Seattle for some reason doesn't go done, uh, Zach Sanford, who's kind of been a, a middle mm-hmm. six winger. I think played on the second line a little bit last year. Could be an option, or you know, at this point, junction two. Does Seattle maybe take a risk on a on a Vladimir Tarasenko and maybe add that yeah. potential top line winger? Um, you know, if, if in some sort of trade, but does carry the risk of the cap hit and the age as well. Yeah. So I, I, I just think, again, here, there's just too much upside with Dunn. Um, he's shown real flashes, and for whatever reason, St. Louis doesn't like him. I've always been a big uh, Vince Dunn fan, so mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's a better version of, of Carson Soucy. But, yeah. Um, all right, two teams left here before we wrap up. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who I feel more sorry for their fan base than any other one in the league <laughs> because Jim Benning is a disaster yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't like trade for Zach Parisi or Ryan Suter, honestly, or try to. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna sign Zach Hyman for eight years, though. So. Yeah, they're another team I think that could be interesting here these next couple days. They do have some, you know, they're protecting players that any other team wouldn't be protected. So maybe mm. you know maybe taking advantage of that and pulling someone away, getting some assets to to grab a decent player. You know, they would have been a really good candidate for for a Ryan Graves type, but no. No, uh, Benning's too dumb to pull that trigger. So, um, but here, here is their list from from my understanding. Uh, Thomas Drance, the Athletic, pretty much put this one together. Um, Elias Pettersson, uh, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, J.T. Miller, Tanner Pearson, Tyler Mott, uh, Matthew Highmore on defense, Nate Schmidt, Tyler Myers, Oli Ulevi, and then in goal, uh, the one bright spot on that team outside of uh, Pettersson and Hughes, uh, Thatcher Demko. So another team that there just wasn't much of anything to pick from. Um, but Zeke, we'll, uh, we'll go to you first. Mm. Yeah, well, I went with uh, defenseman Madison Bowie. And then I went with uh, winger Zach McEwen. Justin? Uh, I also went with uh, Zach McEwen. All right, Zeke. Uh, another thing that I think could be interesting, though, I, sorry to interrupt, okay, but no. uh, um, I saw rumors about uh, maybe a Besser trade, so yeah, maybe yeah. Seattle jumps in on that. And, they couldn't and... possibly fuck that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah Woof. all right yeah. zeke uh well not much debate to be had because i don't think there's a there's no. a wrong pick here but you went with uh young a younger kind of journeyman defenseman um madison mm-hmm. bowie yeah well i mean you know, he was a former second round pick uh you know again a right shot so you know decent depth defenseman has played a good decent amount of games in NHL, almost 200. So, you know, another guy who's in my extras in the AHL, but uh, just like you said, not much either in, in Vancouver that, uh, you know, was really too appealing. Yeah, Justin, you want to speak on Zach McEwen? Yeah, I mean, I felt like they didn't really have shit to choose from. 
Um, but <laughs> this is a player that probably won't doesn't make my roster and probably won't make theirs. Uh, he does have a policing presence and was one of Vancouver's better possession players. But uh, like I mentioned, not I don't think he'd make. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, he. This is just kind of another throwaway pick that won't make the roster on mine, at least. Yeah, there was a couple picks that Vegas made where they pretty much signed a guy and then released him. Would not be surprised if that's the case here. Um, yeah, I don't have much yeah. to add on Zach McEwen other than if it's a guy I need to throw in my bottom six in the event <laughs> of an injury or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but mm. yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver had shit to pick from, so just kind of yeah. some throwaway picks. <laughs> and then last but not least, the final Central Division foe, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I'll go through their protection list here, 7-3-1. Uh, Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, Logan Stanley, Neil Pionk, Connor Hellebuck. Um, this does seem to be a team that um, there seems to be kind of some some ripples so we originally had Dylan DeMello here over Logan Stanley but I from what I've saw some reports today um doing some research that there may be a shift in Winnipeg's thinking to protect Stanley over DeMello um it that one could go back and forth and the other interesting thing of the ring I believe it's Andrew Kopp who has mm. one year left on his contract before he hits free agency um it sounds like Winnipeg would like to extend him but if they feel that they can't, they might leave him exposed and then protect um, uh, Mason Appleton. But it sounds like as of now, they are hoping that they can get something done with cops. As of now, Appleton's exposed. Um, but I want to throw that contingency out there because I know that could mm. uh, potentially um, affect this pick as well, which I lied again. We do have one more consensus pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll just go off. It is Mason Appleton who we just touched on. Um, but yep. to be fair, if, if Andrew Cop was left... At, Whoever between Appleton and Cop is left exposed, I think, would be my pick. That blue line debate between Stanley um, and DeMello, I don't think would really move the needle for me. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Appleton and Cop, I believe they play on the same line um, or like a really good kind of shutdown third line for the Jets, who obviously know we need defense. So I went yeah. Appleton here, um, just a really good I – I think I'm signing the fourth line winger, but a guy I think that could play up at my third line too. Um, young winger, had kind of – not like a breakout season, but – showed pretty significant improvement this year mm. yeah and no, like you said uh just another youngerish player like you said he had a pretty decent year 12 goals 25 points and yeah just maybe another guy that i've heard thrown around as a potential you know if you give an opportunity maybe there's a little bit more so yeah no like you said it was just a you know decent bottom probably third fourth line forward there justin yep uh, i have uh him slotted into my fourth line left wing uh a player that was one of uh, the better four checkers on Winnipeg, decent puck handler plus cap friendly. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. All right, well that that's it. We've now drafted our teams, so uh, we'll run through our Western Conference picks here one more time, and then we'll kind of go through. You know, if if we were um, given the opportunity, to Dave Haxell to kind of construct the lines, what we would do, and mm-hmm. then I ran our rosters through um, a roster general that I put together to get you know a potential rough estimate. Based solely on this year's result, not projecting, not past yeah. results, just what happened this year of as to what a, a point projection could look like. So, I'll start uh, from the Ducks. I took Kevin Shattenkirk, the Coyotes. I took uh, goaltender Aiden Hill uh, from Calgary. I took Mark Giordano uh, from the Blackhawks. Nikita Zadorov uh, from Colorado. Junis Donskoy from Dallas. Jason Dickinson from the Oilers. Dominic Cahoon from the LA Kings. Kale Clegg uh, from the Minnesota Wild. Carson Soucy. 
from the Nashville Predators, Kelly Yarncroc from the Sharks, Ryan Donato from St. Louis, Vince Dunn from Vancouver, Zach McEwen, and from the Jets, Mason Appleton. Zeke? Yeah, so for me, from the Ducks, I picked Sam Steele. From the Coyotes, I picked Aiden Hill. Uh, from the Calgary Flames, I picked Oliver Shillington. From the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, I picked Calvin DeHaan. Uh, from the Colorado Avalanche, I picked Jonas Donskoy. And from Dallas, I picked Andre Sequeira. Uh, from the Edmonton Oilers, I picked William Lagason. From the LA Kings, I picked Blake Lazat. Uh, from the Minnesota Wild, I picked Carson Soucy. Uh, from the Nashville Predators, I went with Matt Duchesne. And then uh, from the uh, San Jose Sharks, I went with uh, Dylan Gambrell. Uh, St. Louis Blues, I went with defenseman Vince Dunn. And then uh, from the Winnipeg Jets, I went with uh, Mason Appleton. All right, and last but not certainly least, uh, Justin. All right, uh, with Anaheim, I went Adam Henrique. Arizona went Christian Fisher. Calgary went Mark Giordano. Chicago went with Malcolm Subban. Colorado went with Jonas Donskoy. Dallas, I went with Jason Dickinson. Edmonton, I went with Dominic Cahoon. Uh, L.A., I went with Blake Lazat. Uh, for Minnesota, I went with Carson Soucy. Nashville, I went with Ryan Johansson. St. Louis or San Jose, I went with Ryan Donato. St. Louis, I went with Vince Dunn. Uh, Vancouver went with uh, Zach McEwen, and Winnipeg, I went with Mason Appleton. All right, so that wraps up our Western Conference picks. Now let's run through um, kind of our our lineups here. Um, I can start. So uh, here's my forwards. My first line, I have James Van Riemsdyk from the Flyers on my left wing, Yanni Gord from Tampa as my first line center, and then on the right wing, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Jonas Donskoy. My second line, as I mentioned uh, not too long ago, I got Kelly Yarncroft from Nashville um, with Jared McCann as the center uh, from Pittsburgh and then Warren Fogle of Carolina on the right wing. Uh, my third line, I have Ryan Donato from the Sharks uh, with Jason Dickinson at center and then Andres Janssen on the right wing. And then my fourth line is Colin Blackwell centering uh, Mason Appleton on the right side from Winnipeg, Eric Robinson from Columbus on the left side. My D pairs, uh, my first pair is Giordano of the Flames with Nick Jensen from the Capitals. Uh, my second pair is Carson Soucy alongside Jeremy Lazan from the Bruins. And then my third pair is Travis Dermott of the Maple Leafs alongside Vince Dunn. Um, that is my bet on the future pair there <laughs> with those two. I'm going to have a one-two punch tandem of Jake Allen and Chris Dreger. Um, and then my healthy scratches are Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, Zach McEwen, and Vlad Nemesnikov. Um, and then um, AHL slash KHL. I have Kiefer Bellows, the Islanders, Kel Clegg, the Kings, Vitaly Abramov, who's in the KHL from the Senators, and then Will Borgen from the Sabres. And then kind of, I, I we have them listed as extras, but these could be guys they trade and flip, could be healthy scratches potentially, because mm-hmm. um, they can't healthy scratch all of them, but um, yeah. guys are just kind of the odd men out. I have Dominic Cahoon, Nikita Zadarov, and Aiden Hill. Uh, we'll go through point projections at the end. Okay. Uh, Zeke, why don't you take us through your lineup? Okay, well, like you guys, I had uh, James Van Riemsdyk as my first line left wing with Matt Duchesne as the center and uh, Jonas Donskoy as the right wing. And my second line, I had Jason Zucker as my left wing, uh, Yanni Gard as the center, and then Evgeny Dadanov as the right wing. And then the third line, I had uh, Alex Kerfoot on the left wing with Sam Steele as the center, and then uh, Andreas Janssen on the right wing. 
And on the fourth line, I had uh, Eric Robinson on the left wing, centered by Mason Appleton with Colin Blackwell on the right wing. And then for my D pairs, I had uh, Calvin DeHaan as my uh, top pairing left D alongside Vince Dunn on the right side. Uh, the second pair was Carson Soucy on the left and uh, uh, Colin Miller on the right. And then on um, the, the bottom pair, I had Jake Bean from Carolina uh, on the left side. And then I had Radko Gudis on the uh, right side. And then for uh, my goaltenders, I had Jake Allen as the starter with uh, Vitek Vanacek as kind of the 1B. And then for my healthy scratches, I had uh, Troy Stetcher uh, on defense, Jeremy Lauzon, and Blake Lazat. And then, uh, you know, for my HL players were uh, Madison Bowie, Kiefer Bellows, and William Lagason, with the extras being Dylan Gambrell, Oliver Shillington, Andre Secura, and then uh, Aiden Hill in goal. All right. And Justin, take us through your lineup. All right. Uh, get, get pulled up here. Uh, my lineup is uh, first line is left wing James Van Riemsdyk, centered by Ryan Johansson, right wing Jason Zucker. Uh, line two is Alex Killorn on the left wing, Adam Henrik center, Evgeny Dadnov on the right wing. Third line is uh, left wing, Ryan Donato, center, Jason Dickinson, right wing, Jonas Donskoy. Uh, fourth line is Mason Appleton on the left wing, Blake Lazat center, right wing, Dominic Cahoon. Uh, my D pairings, first line is uh, Mark Giordano on the left side, Travis Dermott on the right. Uh, line two is Brett Kulak on the left side, Vince Dunn on the right. My third D pairing is Carson Soucy on the left, Troy Stretcher on, Stetcher on the right. My goalies are Dreger and Vanacek for my one-two punch. Uh, goalie number three is um, Malcolm Subban. My extra forwards are Eric Robinson Colin Blackwell. Extra D are Jeremy Lazan, Jake Bean, and I guess... Uh, Andreas Johansson would be an extra forward, not a D. I didn't change. Uh, I had Caleb Jones in this spot, but oh no worries. All, all this has changed. And then my my HL players are Kiefer Bellows, I guess uh, Zach McEwen and William Borgen. All right. So that wraps up our lineups. Running through my roster generator, here's what um, preliminary projections have us at. Uh, my team projects out as a potential to put up 90 points. Uh, Zeke's was 83, and Justin's 85. Um, I would reckon that between the side deals, they'll make, you know, potentially adding even more better roster players, some of these guys being better than they were last year, um, mm-hmm. potential for some guys to be worse. Um, this does include any free agents they may potentially head after. I would say these are all pretty conservative projections. Seattle straight up might have a really good chance at finishing second in this division behind Vegas yeah. potentially. Um, Ed- Ed- Edmonton and Calgary will have bit- busy off seasons, but I think they'll be right in that mix with with Edmonton and Calgary. Um, the California teams could take that step forward. I just don't know if it's if it's this year quite yet. You know, if one of them if you know mm-hmm. one of them goes out and grabs Eichel, then maybe things change a little bit, but. They should be extremely competitive if they make the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, again, as we said before, if, if 10 of these players from any of our teams end up yeah. being true, we'll be pretty happy. Um, I know some of you have been running through mock drafts. Um, we would love to see your teams. Um, if you want to send them to me, I can run them through my roster generator. I'd happily uh, spit out my, my point projection for you, let you know what that is. So feel free to tweet those. Uh, at Sound the Falcon, we'll get back to you when we can. Um, expansion draft coming up next week. I believe it's, is it Wednesday or Thursday? I think it's 
I feel like it's Wednesday. It I feel be, like it's at least a couple days before the draft. I mean, but... Tuesday. Yeah, two days before the draft. It's It would it's be Wednesday, Wednesday yeah, because the draft yeah. is Friday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Wednesday that takes place. Um, and then we'll have all of our in- we'll have all of our reactions to that hopefully Sunday night. Um, I am out of town from Wednesday to Saturday, so of course, like the biggest, you know, four days of NHL season is like you know the one time this entire year where I won't be in town. But um, all of my phone on me, I'll I'll be checking. I'll I'll be reacting when I can. But you know, if you're expecting that immediate reaction or whatever, you know, it'll be a little delayed. I won't be live on the Soda Pod to scream my ass off when uh, they draft Marco Rossi, but. Yeah. I did get asked, but I said I'll be out of town, unfortunately. So, but yeah. Uh, so if you're looking, on, yeah, go ahead. I'll say depending on uh, situation, if I can join by phone, I may be live on SodaPod on Friday. But it's all dependent on if I'm able to stream on my, from my phone or not. Uh, record from my phone. There you go. Yeah, and I will be jumping on with uh, Seth Topol of uh, Locked On Wild on Tuesday, uh, talking I think a little about the entry draft. So. Uh, make sure you check that out if you're looking for a fix from us. Uh, Zeke, you jumping on any podcasts in the next couple days? Nope, just uh, you know, like usual. I'll be on Twitter. So, all right. That's if anyone's looking for, for Zeke, if anyone needs someone to jump on, <laughs> Zeke's available. So, oh yeah. Uh, this the Wild Podcast community continues to be great, um, and clearly <laughs> you can just see the way some of us jumped up in our in our listens and downloads. You guys have been awesome. <laughs> Thirsty for that news. Oh, it's yeah. been a busy, mm-hmm. busy time, and I'm sure it's only going to continue to go up. Um, Guys, any final thoughts here? This will be this will be the last time we talk until a lot of shit happens. So, anything? Yeah. Final thoughts heading into expansion, into the entry draft. Um, any any prospects you want to pump the tires on that you hope they draft one more time? Any any final thoughts here tonight? Uh, I just want to say thank you. I, I I haven't said thank you to the support yet. It's been awesome. This this has been uh, difficult at times for me to do with three kids, uh, having a family and, and juggling everything, but it's been absolutely worth it working with this trio of us and having all the support. Uh, we just love you guys and appreciate it and enjoy this next week because uh, a lot of shit is probably going to happen <laughs> still. Uh, Justin's a saint for putting up with three with mm-hmm. the full family and still making time for us. So he's always like, well, can we record a little later? If you guys can, I can't jump on. Like, dude. It's like, we're fine. Like, yeah. Zeke and I don't do shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Just let us know when you're available. We'll make oh, it yeah. work. So we will. Yeah. Yep. Really appreciate that you taking that time out. Zeke, anything to Absolutely. anything to add? Any final thoughts? Uh, I'll just kind of echo, you know, what Justin, you guys both said. Again, just thank you everyone for listening. You know, it really means a lot that you know several hundred people each time, you know, have enough interest to each week to you know listen to us talk about the wild about hockey. So it, it really is really appreciated and really means a lot to us. So just again, thank you to everyone, uh, you know, for listening and downloading. But, you know, just like you said, Brett, a lot of stuff could happen next week. And, you know, like you mentioned, next time uh, next time we talk to you all, uh, Jack Eichel will be a member of the Minnesota Wild. So I'm banking. Uh, that's my, that's my uh, I guess, that's bet. Bold here, prediction? So. Yeah, we'll see. We should revisit those that we made at the beginning of the year and see how many of those we got. Oh, yeah. right or wrong. Think, now the power yeah. play one we missed on. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> the top five power play. Compared it was to, top five at one point in the season. It like, was, yeah. Mark, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we segmented yeah. up. Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess my final thought: uh, team draft short king Logan Stankovin. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say, Justin, you did. Uh, I think it was you sent the message to the group chat uh, that sounds like Fabian Lysel could potentially be slipping. Um, mm. So that's interesting. But I wouldn't. You know, I anything could happen with the Wild because it wouldn't surprise me. Um, if you know Christian Dvorak or Jack Eichel, maybe take one of one, maybe both. 
of those first round picks away should the wild make a trade mm-hmm. um so definitely a lot could happen before we talk to you guys yeah. next but uh if if they have a pick at 21 and 25 team draft logan stankovin um short <laughs> short king um, yeah that'd be great um but yeah uh so before we sign off uh zeke remind everyone where they can find you and follow all of your work well, uh, you know, like I said, as usual, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, CBWildNation underscore HW for, you know, all my reactions and awesome things that happen. And then you can find uh, my written work at HockeyWilderness.com. And Justin? You can find me at DEs2004. You can find me at CapriceOfZ with the CapriceOf Countdown. And you can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. Make sure to continue to follow that. We're getting – we're over 2,000 followers now, but we will be um, putting out – Kind of our, our top few picks before the draft comes out, and then we'll be putting a description of the players that we draft. So we'll be doing lots of busy work there as well. Perfect. A great resource to follow throughout the draft and leading up to it. As always, I'm Brett Marshall. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you're following the podcast account on both Twitter and Instagram at Sound the Foghorn. All one word uh, to continue to boost us up in the ratings on iTunes, Spotify. If you can uh, make sure you're following the page, subscribe to the page, whatever it is now. If you can leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And uh, sting a little bit from our friends uh, Tony Abbott, Joe Bully. If you can tell a friend about Sound the Foghorn, if they're looking for their <laughs> wild podcast, we do appreciate that word of mouth free advertising um, as well. But that'll do it for uh, this week's show. Uh, the next time we talk to you, I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about, so look forward to that on uh, Sunday following both the expansion and the entry draft. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fox.